welcome to How to Deal When the Shit Gets Real podcast. I'm Rietta. And I'm Connie. And today we have a special episode for you all. We have a returning guest, James Scott. Drum roll, please. Remember to insert that, Rietta. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, what's up? How's it going? Um, it's going well. It's been a, a bit of a, a time over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, finally starting to find our feet again, I think. Oh, that's good. Before we jump into all the seriousness, how is the podcast Sports Network every, across the pond, really, is what it is. Sports Network going. Anything new? Yeah, I think we've grown quite a lot since the last time I was on. When was I on? March? April? That's Feels a good like a question. Like yeah, it was, it was um, like the beginning of this year. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like March. I think you're about right on February, March, somewhere in there. Yeah, so um, we now have seven podcasts Whoa. across our sports network covering everything from NBA, NFL, NHL, WNBA. And we recently launched a golf podcast as well, which has been really popular. So, yeah, we've we've grown. And I think I had a goal at the start of the year that we'd have seven and we have seven. So we kind of meet that goal and there are plans for more. So, yeah, we good for you. Kind of, we're going to move into soccer, but women's mm-hmm. soccer next year, because um, that season's just about to finish. So there's no point in starting a podcast now. Um, but, <laughs> um, for next season, we'll be covering women's soccer. Um, pro wrestling has been brought up a few times. And to be honest, people come to me sometimes and be like, oh, you ever thought about doing this? And, you know, as long as we can find the right people to do it, then We'll do it because obviously yeah. I don't host. I don't host all seven shows myself. That'd just be crazy. Oh um, come on, yeah. no fun. <laughs> <laughs> host them all. <laughs> Have to put them all together. <laughs> yeah, we can barely keep one together. So seven—that's uh-huh. uh, that's very impressive. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that last night. I was like, maybe we should become a podcast network. And then I was like. Nope. <laughs> I, I was like, we could barely handle what we have now. It's fine. And I also could not think of anything that would go together. Like yours is naturally evolving. You know, you're trying to cover all of the sports and where I'm like, well, what do you do after how to do when shit gets real? I mean, what, where can you go next? It's too high of a bar yeah, already. Yeah. It's definitely a high bar, but it's like, it's like the golf one. The golf one came along and it's, it's literally people come and they're like, I love the concept of across the pond. Have you thought about doing golf? And this guy, Logan, is on Clubhouse and he said that. It's like, well, yeah. He said, oh, if you ever want to do a golf episode, I'll do one. And I turned around as a joke and said, well, why don't we just do a podcast? Give it its own. And he was like, yeah, okay then. And like from and there, there we is. found Sinead and then we got Sinead and Logan together and yeah. It was born. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll have to tell my husband. He's actually at the driving range right now. So they've got golf now, hon. <laughs> I, I apparently have a cousin, although I do not know this cousin very well, that is like one rank below the professional golfers. And he is like, or he was in a series to get you to the top rank. I don't know how golf works. I just know that he's like right below and he's trying to win entrance into being like the top golfers or whatever. However that works. Don't ask me. I don't, I don't know anything (laughs) about golf. Okay, guys. (laughs) Well, you should definitely um, get, get him in touch with us. 
because yeah. I'll know, see what be I can do because it's very like cousin removed. It's it's on my dad's side of the family. We don't talk very much. I don't really know him very well, but I think I have him on maybe Facebook. So I'll have to go look. We're going to have to uh, eventually add uh, MMA in there too. I think that'd be cool. I'd be down for an MMA uh, podcast. That's come yeah, up. You a can do that times. one. You can tell them yeah, you should. that one. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. You've got your second podcast already. Yep. There you oh, go. Yeah. So we had James Beck on because it was just kind of a whole mix of fate. He said stuff was happening and we happened to have a cancel. So it was just like the world's aligned for us because he's got something going on with his little guy, Carter. So tell us what's going on with poor Mr. Carter. Carter is autistic. And I mentioned this before when I was on. And so our two oldest sons are both autistic. One is kind of high functioning. He kind of gets himself around. But our, our middle son, Carter, he is nonverbal. And he, you know, he kind of lives in his own little bubble most of the time, which is absolutely fine because he lives in that little bubble. Sometimes it's not that you don't forget he's there. You can't forget he's there because he knows (laughs) where the iPad volume button is. Um, (laughs) It usually gets turned and ramped right up. But one thing that we've never had an issue with really is his health. His health is usually, if he gets a cold, he gets it bad. If he, you know, picks up a bug, he gets it bad and, you know, He's fine after a couple of days. But a couple of weeks ago, we're kind of getting ready to move house. And, you know, the house is getting packed up and we're getting, you know, the stress of moving house is, is, you know, not fun. I think getting married was easier. So, (laughs) So we were kind of all packed up, getting ready to move. This was the Monday. I'd taken the Monday off work because I was like, I'm going to, you know, have some time, get some last stuff packed, go to work for a couple of days, get out my wife's hair because I just tend to get in the way. And then from there, Thursday, Friday, we'll move house and we'll be, we'll be fine. Everything will be fine. So we're sitting there Monday. I'm sitting there in my shorts and T-shirt, much like I am just now. I was like, this is a great day. It's 9.30 in the morning. I'm playing with our other son, Cooper, our youngest. And I looked over at the table and Carter's, he's been running around and he, he'd kind of cuddled in on the couch and stuff. And then he'd ran over to our, like our kitchen table and he's, he's sitting up there with his iPad and I looked over him and I was like, Whoa, he looks really white, like really white. And I was like, mm, so I'm not right, right there. And just as I stood up, he projectile vomited across the table and I was oh. like, Oh, crap i was like oh no and the first thing i thought of oh man he's got a sick bug this this is not good this is not great timing for a sick bug Mm -hmm. and i'm picking him up and as i pick him up usually when he gets picked up he goes very rigid and you know just so it's easier for to get lifted he didn't he felt very floppy i tried to stand him up so he wasn't like sitting in his puke he wouldn't stand he just like almost collapsed to the floor and I was like wow that's really weird and I'm talking to him and trying to make eye contact and because of the autism he doesn't always make eye contact probably the most he does is with me and my wife but he wasn't making any and I was like oh that's weird and I said to my youngest I said go and get mom because like I can't deal with puke um mm-hmm. I just I feel you on I, that I can't either <laughs> I just want to hurl and <laughs> so so she, yeah, so she came down and she's like, all right, let's, let's get him up to the shower and stuff. And we're talking 
and he's not really making any kind of noise or anything, but we were kind of like, right, let's get him up. So my wife kind of chucked him in the shower, got him ready, and I lifted him out, and we took him through the bedroom to get dressed. It changed, and we were like, oh. And the two of us are kind of like, oh, well, you know, sick bug, he's white as a sheet and all this kind of stuff. And then my wife's like, oh, he's shaking a lot, but he's actually quite warm. I was like, ah, that's kind of weird. And I was like, I was trying to talk to him, and I was like, kind of not right in his face but it was like kind of down his level and I was trying to talk to him and he was still really floppy like really floppy I like lifted his arm and kind of let it go and it just like dropped to, to the bed and I was like and I was like ah, something's not right and at that point I'll be perfectly honest I absolutely froze and I was like right you know what we'll do we'll just phone the doctor <laughs> we'll phone the doctor surgery now doctor surgeries in the UK of late haven't been that great because of COVID and stuff. So they tend to defer you to like a hospital or something for everything. So I phoned them up and the woman said, oh, well, I mean, I'll get a doctor to phone you back. I was like, well, that's not really that great now because there's something wrong with my little boy and I'm really not entirely sure what it is, but he's not responding to us. He's there. It's, it's almost as if like the lights were on, but nobody was home. Like mm -hmm. his eyes, his eyes were just like not there. And at this point, his his eyes actually rolled back and were like pointing off to the side. And we were like, okay. And he was not responding to us at all. And like, even if you like pinched him and stuff, nothing, absolutely oh no response. Goodness. So at that point, I really froze and I had absolutely no idea what to do. And my wife's like, should we phone? We have a service in the UK called 111 where you basically phone it and you get like a medical professional and they kind of talk you through what, you know, you've stubbed your toe or something. So we phoned them and it was a three hour wait to get through to oh, someone. Jesus. Oh my um, gosh. So, so I was like, all right, we won't wait for that then. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Um, and like me and my wife were talking and and like this all happened very quickly and and I was kind of like so what should we do because like we we're both kind of concerned that like we're getting nothing out of them yeah and my do you guys like, have 911 if you call a number an yeah. ambulance will come okay yeah so that was like the next thing my wife was like you just have to phone an ambulance you just have to like yeah we can't we can't wait and I was like okay and I was like you sure and I was like, because you know how you have that doubt, like you're going to phone them out and it's going to be for like, he's got wind or something. And I was like, right, okay, fuck it. Let's just phone the ambulance. So that 999 got this woman on the phone and she's like, right, okay, it's, it's kind of explain what happens, uh, what happened. And she was like, right, okay. So it sounds like he's having a seizure. And like at that point, I was like, my stomach just bombed out. My wife, Rachel, burst into tears and I was like, oh, shit. And she was like, right, kind of put him in the recovery position on his side, make sure there's nothing near him so he can't, like, if he convulses or anything, he can't hit himself or hurt himself. So I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. At this point, like, he's really cold. He's that shaking that we thought because he was cold wasn't shaking at all. It was, like, twitching um, from the seizure. I was like, oh, man. Like, how have I missed all this? Like, I've never, I've never dealt with a seizure before, which is probably why. But um, I was like, how do you... Uh, but the woman on the phone, like, she was really calm. And my wife was 
was crying in the back because she was just like, what's going on? The woman, the woman on the phone goes, what what noise is he making? And I was like, that's not him, that's my wife. Um, and she's all right. And, and she was like, oh, well, you're doing really well, you're doing really well. So she was really kind of reassuring and stuff as well. And she's like, the ambulance is on its way, don't worry. And at this point, I picked Carter up and I had him in my arms, kind of on my knee. And um, I'm just like, try to talk to him and he's still seizing it. I can still kind of feel that movement. Sorry, the, the woman on the phone is just like talking away. Is he still seizing? Is he still seizing? I was like, yeah, he's still going. So he was going for a good while. And then the ambulance, you could hear the sirens and the ambulance turned up. Usually I always, and this is probably me just being naive because of TV and stuff. But I always thought like when the ambulance crew come in, they take the patient and they like work on them. I was like getting ready to hand them over to them. And they're like, no, 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 you just sit with them. And I was like, uh, okay, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. And so I'm sitting with them. They're kind of giving him oxygen. His oxygen levels were really low. And like they're doing all their wee kind of checks and stuff that they did. He was still seasoned. And they were like, right, um, we're going to call for backup. We're going to call for another ambulance. Oh, my goodness. They've got this they've got this like special drug that will kind of knock the seizure out and kind of stop them seizing. So I was like, well, that's, that's, that makes sense. don't know why you've not got it, but okay. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. Why don't they have it? Yeah. Why wouldn't they all have it? That doesn't make sense. How old is Carter again? So Carter's, um, well, actually his birthday was yesterday. Um, So he's now six. Um, Happy belated birthday, Carter. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it because I've got this, Edinburgh Castle behind me, but there's a Mickey Mouse balloon behind me. It's pretty huge. Um, <laughs> but, um, he, so he, like he's season and and like the ambulance guys, obviously he was getting quite kind of concerned, and he's like, right, we've called for this backup, but what we're going to do is we're going to just get you into the ambulance because he's going to have to go to the hospital. Right, right. So we, I <laughs> stood up, and again I went to hand him over. Oh no, no, you just you just carry him down if that's okay. And I was like. Right, okay, so carrying downstairs. And obviously at this point, it's October, it's Scotland, so it's pissing down with rain <laughs> and it's cold. And I had shorts and a T-shirt on. I hadn't even realised until I walked outside and my feet were soaking because I had bare feet. And I just ran into the ambulance uh, with them, and I jumped up on the, the, the bed gurney thing, and then the other, the other paramedic turned up. And she was like, right, okay. She kind of looked him over and stuff. And she's like, right, let's just get to the hospital. I'm going to st- leave my ambulance here. I'll just come with you. And you guys can drop me off later. Literally, they just, we, we live about a 20-minute drive from the hospital. And I literally think we got there in two minutes. Like, wow. they just, because obviously they just put sirens on. But Yeah, they um, hauled ass. <laughs> yeah, they hauled ass. And then the ambulance he kind of stopped season for a bit and then it was just all of a sudden just as we we're pulling up to the the hospital he just went full kind of seizure and like his legs were solid and his point to uh, toes were pointing up the way and all this kind of stuff and i was like okay um i think he's doing it again and again they they, they went for the the injection thing that would cut it out but they were like well we're here so we'll just get them what we're going to do. Cause they'd strapped me to the gurney and I was holding them. So they were like, well, we'll just different. take them off you. And 
we'll just run in with him. So they literally just like lifted him off of me and ran in. And my wife had kind of thrown a bag together with some shoes. I was going <laughs> to so, say, did your wife bring shoes? I was like, are you shoeless the whole time in the hospital? Because that's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was just me in the ambulance. And my wife had stayed at home with the other two boys because they were getting quite upset by the whole thing. Oh, no. like, yeah. Especially Logan. Because Logan is also autistic, so he doesn't always show his feelings. But then when he does, like it's, it's a hurricane. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say outburst, but hurricanes probably there. Um, <laughs> but he's so he was kind of at home and and stuff. And obviously, they took him in. I got myself kind of fixed, put my trainers on, jumped out the the ambulance, and of course, the first thing they say, "Have, have you got your face mask with you?" I'm like, no, I don't have a freaking face mask with me. I've just run out of my house. Yeah, I um, wasn't even thinking about you, that. I, what did you expect, guys? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So chuck the face mask one? on. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so check the face mask on and went in. And what's scary, and I think TV is bad for this, is I, I went in and like all these doctors and nurses are working on them. I was just it, it felt like I was a fly on the wall. Like, it felt like I was there, but I wasn't really there. It was like you were watching an episode of ER. Yeah, exactly. I was kind of like, what do I do? Like, I'm just kind of standing here like a dick, just at the corner. Like, the doctors start talking to me, and, like, they ask all their their questions, and, and like, how old is he, how much does he weigh, which I have no idea how much he weighs, and all this kind of stuff. Because obviously they're trying to, like, work out how much of the drug to give him and all this kind of stuff. They gave him the drug eventually straight away like the seizure stopped and he just kind of went to sleep poor baby uh, which I, which freaked me out because like it happened almost instantly and i was like oh crap is he okay and they were like yeah 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 he's fine he's he's now just resting his poor little body was probably exhausted well this is the funny thing well, it's not really that funny but this, this is a serious thing like the the nurse had come back to do some checks on him she basically said that having a seizure is like running a full 26 mile marathon like wow. for your body wow um, so yeah you can be pretty tired after yeah. having a seizure and because his had been like an hour and a half like from start to finish because he started puking at like half nine in the morning and they say that they said that that was when the seizure started that was like the first sign of it kind of it's like this the body kind of emptying itself to have the seizure and then obviously he didn't get the drug until nearly 11 o'clock and by the time ambulance came picked up and, and kind of got there so yeah it, it was a long seizure episode is what they called it and he he kind of lay there in the bed and like usually when you see your kid sleeping you know it's like oh he's sleeping it's nice yeah. um, but this was obviously it's it just very different and you know, there's nurses coming in and out every kind of two minutes, kind of checking him. Um, he was he was at this point shivering because he was cold. Again, that's that's down to between the medicine and the uh, the actual seizure being knackered um, from from having that seizure. And then the doctor had to, because of the the drug that they use, it can also slow down your lungs. So. Like the doctor was like massaging his chest, not like a CPR or anything, but almost like massaging his chest to keep his lungs 
kind of going. And I was like, okay, that seems quite, <laughs> quite dangerous to give them something like that. Yeah, um, I guess that's why they waited for so long and they kept putting it off. Like, oh, it's not. I think the hope was from their perspective that the seizure would stop naturally. I think yeah. that was yeah. that was probably their hope. But yeah, and, and in the end, they, they decided, you know, best just actually give them it and, and get this thing stopped. So, because it had been so long. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're kind of, I'm kind of just sitting there by his side, like absolutely helpless, don't know what to do, don't know where to go. And then the, the, to be fair, the paramedics came back in and they were kind of like, oh, how's he doing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they were really nice. I mean, that's the thing, like the paramedics, the, the women on the phone, whose name I totally can't remember, were so good, like so nice, so reassuring, very calm, which I never really thought about it in that kind of job that they would need to be calm. But yeah, because I think if I was paramedic, I'd be running around like a headless chicken. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I think that helped. Like it helped a lot certainly for my wife and for me so and the um, worst thing about the seizure is as a parent all you can do is sit by and watch because unlike some of like the earlier like er or whatever you know they used to like touch a seizure patient and now it's like no no no, you don't touch them you make sure that there's nothing in their way and you don't there's nothing you can do you know other things that go wrong with kids like when they get sick there's medicine, there's things you can do, you can make them feel better, but you're kind of just helpless at. Oh yeah, totally. And I think that was a scary thing. Like mm-hmm. I've been, I've been through loads of health stuff when I was a kid and, and all that kind of stuff. And one thing I've always been thankful for is my kids have never really went there. Although obviously Logan and Carr both have autism health wise. They're, they're actually okay like they're pretty healthy um so that was yeah so that this was like really the apart from the odd broken bone and stuff that kids have um this was the first kind of really serious kind of thing where we needed an ambulance so um that, that in itself was scary because like i'm sitting in the ambulance and it's like the sirens are going and like I could feel the speed bumps as we flew over them um, because like you had the foot to the floor. Um, but then, and then you go from, from that to sitting in the, the hospital and yeah, you're just going to sit in there and he slept for six hours um, after it. And like, I knew instantly that he was fine when he woke up because when he woke up, Carter as a kid, he does not like things on him like he doesn't even like clothes on him um <laughs> like he he will walk around the house in a t-shirt or a vest with a nappy and no trousers no socks no shoes nothing that's how he likes to be so when he woke up and he had these heart monitors on him and he had the thing on his toe for his oxygen and he had a cannula in as well so he's like straight Get away the when he hell. Woke up, he's like no he's thank like, you that that's coming off that's going yeah. <laughs> and these things are stuck down like and he's just like ripping them off so as he's ripping them off obviously the alarms are going off on the on yeah. the screen so the nurse comes running in she's like oh what's happened and i was like oh no he just doesn't want this stuff on him like he just wants it gone and he he got rid of it all and then he went for the cannula but obviously that's like in his arm so I ended up like bandaging it up so he couldn't get to it. Um, but he was really confused. And oh yeah, he, I bet he, he was. was. 
And he was still so tired, like so, so tired. And Poor baby. He, he, yeah, he just, you, but like instantly when he woke up, I could tell, like going from that state where it was like the lights are on, but nobody's home to being in the hospital. And he's, he's kind of come to, and his eyes are open and he's looked at me straight away. You can tell, like he's, he's back. And then obviously, once he kind of sat up and started taking everything off, I was kind of like, yeah, he is definitely back to, to normal, <laughs> thankfully. But that was that was like a good six hours of sleep he had as well. So well at least he um, uh, at least you saw him come back to normal. And I almost feel like that must be kind of normal with autistic kids because I babysit my girlfriend's son sometimes and he's the same way. He has like a t-shirt on and just like underpants and like nothing else. Like he doesn't want socks or shoes or blank like anything. He's he's like the exact same. Yeah, it's weird. There's a lot of parents um, that have said the same. Like, their their kid just doesn't want... They they will wear a t-shirt happily, but in terms of trousers, socks, shoes, like, unless they're out. um, Yeah, she says the moment he comes home from school, they're gone. Yeah, he's exactly the same. He comes home from school. He'll go through the kitchen. He'll come back through the living room. The shoes will come off. The socks will come off. The trousers will come off. And the iPad will go on. <laughs> and that's and that's then it's freedom. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah. Do you have, I mean, I know this is probably not something you were thinking about because it's, you were just trying to go through the motions, but do you have anything that you can tell us or tell parents of like what we, that they can do when a seizure occurs? Obviously, you know, we said you make the space in anything, but there's anything else that you can tell us? So I think that the important thing that they had said to us was was make the space. Don't restrict them in any way. Um, just kind of let them be free. If they do kind of convulse in, in quite a violent way, which people can do, um, they've got the space to do that. And something that the, the hospital have, are arranging for me and my wife is the medication that they gave them in the hospital can actually be sent home with you. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah. So what they say is that if they have a seizure and it lasts more than five minutes, you administer the, the drug yourself and then phone the ambulance. Um, wow. So you don't phone the ambulance first. You phone the ambulance afterwards. Um, and then they come, they'll pick them up and, and take them. So that was something I didn't know that happened. Like I knew the whole EpiPen with like people with peanuts and stuff. Yeah, um, right. But I didn't, I didn't. I didn't realize like you could do something with seizures as well as a person, not as like a trained well, professional. Well, I thought yeah. that they did have, but maybe he's too young. I thought that they had like anti-seizure medication, like a pill that you take every day. But I wonder if like he's too young and they don't want him to take that, you know, at this time. Yeah. Or maybe they need yeah, to figure think- out why first, like why maybe. it's happening. Well, this is the thing, like they said, this could be a one-off or this could be like something that, you know, we just have to kind of get used to now. And at, at this stage, he's not had any tests or anything done because the seizure was so long. They basically wanted to send him home. Um, so he stayed in the hospital overnight, kind of got monitored and checked and stuff, and then was sent home. And that was really just to get him back to normality more than anything else. Will there be any um, more tests or anything like that? Yeah, so there'll be probably an MRI and they do this kind of brain mapping thing and EEG. Mm. So they're going to do that 
Um, the issue is, though, obviously he's autistic and he doesn't like things on him. So- I was going to say, uh, an MRI with a nonverbal six, even even if he was just six, an MRI with a six-year-old would be a challenge. But add in yep. the nonverbal on the autistic side of it, you're really yeah, you're challenging I, things. Because I do believe for an MRI, you're supposed to be conscious, first of all, and completely like still still. and there's no way those two things are going to converge for an autistic or even just a six-year-old in general being completely still yeah no i don't even think my nine-year-old would stay still (laughs) well i get shouted i go for an mri every year and Mm -hmm. i get shouted at because i'm like i fall asleep like I actually fall asleep in them yeah and And you're supposed um, to be awake so that they can actually map your brain right yeah but yeah i usually just pass out because it's boring but um, yeah good for you man <laughs> get some shut it's like the only place that's quiet um <laughs> but i but car got home yeah like i say i mean he seemed normal for him obviously me and rachel my wife have kind of been watching him like a hawk oh yeah um, i bet like he went back to school and all this kind of stuff and then it's really weird because we had this conversation where I was going to come on over the last couple of days. His older brother, Logan, got like a sick bug, started throwing up. And I was oh, like, no. You're but like, like no. it was just a no, sick no. bug. Yeah. But it, I bet you brought back a little bit of PTSD, though. Yeah. Like, well, oh, shit. Well, this is the thing. So that happened the other night. And then last night, Carter was sick. And like me and my wife, like instantly were just like, oh, no, again. Like, because for Logan, please yeah, no, yeah, yeah, but for Carter to be sick, I was like, oh no, so yeah, so he was sick on his birthday, which wasn't oh, great, no. but, but um, and yeah, he's just kind of been at home in bed pretty much, so he has been pretty still um, for the last couple of days, but uh, yeah, it's been a tough time for him, um, oh, yeah. and that whole kind of having a seizures equivalent of running a marathon kind of thing. Um, yeah, I I never ever looked into seizures. Never had one. Never never been around anyone that has. So it was uh, a very stressful new experience. Yeah, yeah, me either. I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do either. So how did uh, moving end up working with all this like seizure activity? Was that even like another level of of difficulty? Because you're trying to, he had his seizure and you're trying to move? Or did you postpone? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we still moved on time. It was more stressful because we basically had two days where we hadn't packed anything. I, I phoned It's a rush boss. to just, you know, throw yeah, stuff on throw, the truck. <laughs> throw stuff on the truck, it'll be fine. It'll get there. <laughs> but it'll get there, you know. It's a bit battered and bruised. But I phoned my boss up and kind of explained the situation. My boss was like, well, don't even worry about work. Just, you know, phone me in a couple of days. And then I got a phone call from the guys I work with. They were like, oh, James, you know what? Obviously, like you've been through a lot the last couple of days and you're moving, your wife's stressed. We're just going to rent a van. We're going to come down to the house and we'll just move you the Thursday Aww. night. Oh, um, that's so sweet. Because we were moving on a Friday everyone was working so like we were just going to move ourselves but I, I kind of like well I've already paid for a van like I already have a van and it's, I'm picking up on Thursday night and um, because I wanted to have it for the full day Friday they were like right cool you've got the van that's fine we'll just come 
and just like move everything. So like five or six of them turned up. Yeah, they literally just kind of, and these are big guys. So we, we're all engineers. I mean, I'm the smallest, but like the, these are big guys. And some used to be in the Air Force, some used to be in the Army, some were bus drivers. They were all getting it, they're all getting it done for you. Yeah, they just came in and like it was one guy, big sigh. He just he's huge and he just lifted this fridge and just like I I lifted the other end and he just dragged me out to the van (laughs) (laughs) with the fridge. But yeah, and and you know what? It was actually quite good. It was quite therapeutic as well. um, because we were I was kept busy. Yeah. So I wasn't really thinking of other things and, you know, you're kind of having a laugh doing it and kind of getting moved. So yeah, we did get moved on time and we had some kind of unexpected help, which was very much appreciated. So the the move ended up not being quite as stressful as it could have been. Well, that's that's good. See, it was a blessing in disguise in a, in a crazy way that you had, you know, your coworkers that are like, we've got your back. We're coming. Yeah, it was very much like that. And uh, yeah, it was very much appreciated because I think in hindsight now, like trying to move all of our stuff in those that one night and full day, just myself and a couple of mates um, who were, came around on Friday would have been too much for us, <laughs> to yeah. be perfectly honest. Oh, yeah. yeah that's know, a lot I, to do. I said for the next time that we moved that we were hiring a moving company and I don't care. I was like, there are going to be people and they're going to move all of the big stuff. Like I am not. That's one thing that we're blessed with um, in the military because we're actually getting ready to move from Hawaii all the way to the East Coast, which is quite a move. But they pack it all for us, which is amazing. So. Well, you're moving from Hawaii. That's that's got to be gotten. I know, um, right? Everyone else is like, that's so sad. You're moving from Hawaii. And Rihanna's like, yes, bring me to the East Coast, closer to family. <laughs> I mean, we'll miss it, of course. But, uh, you know, we're ready for some seasons. And we bought a house. So it's all good things. Nah, I think I'd still take the beaches in Hawaii. <laughs> I know. I am totally the same way. I'm like, you're crazy. I wish you were going to stay there longer. I'd come and visit again. <laughs> We'll just have to come back, you know? We'll just have to come back on an actual vacation. Yeah, really. Go to one of the other islands. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't really get to go see any of the other islands. No, COVID kind of ruined that, but that's all right. Can't yep. complain. We've had a good life here. So do the doctors have any possible idea what could be going on with Carter? Or is the only way they're going to find out is if they can get these tests done? Yeah, so pretty much it's tests need to get done. They said, like I said, they they said it could be like a one-off thing or it could be something like epilepsy. Epilepsy is apparently quite common in kids with autism. So it could be something that he kind of has to live with. Obviously, we're hoping for for it just being a one-time deal. But yeah, yeah. I guess once they do their tests eventually, because my wife did take him in uh, to the hospital for... The, the EEG where they do the kind of brain mapping thing. But obviously that thing was going nowhere near his head. He, he doesn't even wear a baseball cap. So <laughs> he wasn't going to put like that on his head. Yeah, uh, he wasn't so, all about that. <laughs> no, no. And he is, like I said before, like he does, he is in his own bubble. And if you, if you interrupt him while he's there, you're just going to get pushed away and shoved away. So he doesn't, doesn't like intruders. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any plan to help him get 
the tests or like do the doctors like oh we uh, deal with this all the time here i think we know how to do this or like help him cope with it i don't know is there anything like that so i think the only thing that we said is that you wouldn't put him to sleep but you'd maybe like sedate him so he's drowsy so he Mm. can't kind of move around so he's basically just gonna lie there awake ish but as just so he's he not actually be. asleep yeah yeah um, yeah because but we'd said that we'd said that from like the outset when they were talking about doing these tests we said well you do realize like you're gonna have to do something because he's not gonna sit he's not gonna lie he's not gonna right. let you put stuff on his head i mean yeah you, like i kind of said like you know what it was like in his hospital room as soon as he woke up those leads got pulled off the cannula was getting pulled out his arm like he just didn't care he just didn't didn't want that stuff on him he just wanted it off and he didn't care how it came off yep yeah yeah they'll get it all done (laughs) yeah they'll get it done they'll get it done eventually it's just gonna take some time but Mm -hmm. i think with everything that we've had going on moving home and everything else i think it's it's probably just going to take some time to get stuff done. It's another good question. How do the boys like their new home after all of that, like chaos? Um, Well, Logan is exceptionally happy because he has his own room. And to be fair, like he's 11 and Carter is six and Cooper is four. So yeah, he's a bit older than those two. So he needed his own space. So he's got his own room. Uh, The two youngest are sharing Cooper loves his new house. He absolutely loves it. Um, so much more room. And, and to be fair, Carter, like, and this is the thing about Carter, Carter is all about routine. As soon as he went to, like, the kitchen where the, the dinner table is, like, he picked his spot straight away. And that's where he sits. And no one else can sit there. <laughs> and he, that was him. He was settled. Um, the same with the living room. Came into the living room, picked his spot. That's that's his spot. Um, and that's it. And that's it. And like so, straight away, like he got into a routine. And then obviously the the, the issues were school. School was the issue because basically we were going from living in Edinburgh, which is a big city, to a little kind of not not a village, but maybe like a town just outside the city. And suburb. Yeah, yeah, what we would like call a suburb. A suburb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so we went from big city to suburb. It's very different, different way of living. Schools mm-hmm. are different and different people run those schools. And in actual fact, autism in Edinburgh City um, and the way that the council or local authority deal with it is terrible. And we've fought them for years and mm-hmm. like fought them and fought them and fought them to get Logan into like a proper language unit um, for support and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had the same issue with Carter last year. The council in Edinburgh like, ah, one, one size fits all. Every kid does what we say and we don't really care. Yeah, I and remember we, you saying that on the last episode because um, he still wears diapers or nappies and so he yeah. doesn't really fit that. So I remember you kind of hinting at that before being a problem. Yeah, and then like he was, he was coming home from school and they hadn't changed them and, oh, and stuff no. like that. So, no, 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 so no, no. Because we were moving, we were just like, let's just not deal with it. Let's just, you know, get him moved uh, to his new school. So we, a month before we moved, 
we phoned up the the new kind of council that we were moving into called Midlothian and explained that we're moving, two kids with autism needing to go to school. We actually have left Logan at his old school, so he travels a wee bit because it's his last year there before he goes to high school. So we've just kind of left him there. But for Carter, we really wanted to get him somewhere a lot yeah. better and yeah, a lot more yeah. kind of where he needs to be. And, oh, my God, like, the way that they handled it within three weeks, it was fixed. And it was, he's going to go to, like, a, a language unit. It's going to be specialised for kids with autism. Instead of having 25 kids in the class, there's going to be him and three other kids. Oh, there you go. They're going to have loads of support. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, why couldn't we get this from Edinburgh City Council now? Edinburgh is obviously a city and they've got a lot more kids to deal with and all the rest of it. But I was just like, why is it just so much easier? I mean, my wife and both both agreed. Why didn't we move out here before? (laughs) I was going to say that. You're probably thinking like, hey, why didn't we get out here sooner? And it's kind of funny. You said it was called Midlothian. That was one of the first towns I lived in. My parents, when I was born, lived in Midlothian. Yeah, well, this is like this is like the council area. It's called Midlothian, and we live in a town called so uh, Newton Grange. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like our our county would be called yeah. Midlothian. So, hmm. but yeah, uh, but it's a nice place, and yeah, we've got a bigger would, house. So. You would think the city would actually be better at it because they do see more kids, and they would have a better system. But either way, glad that you found a better spot mm. for Carter. That's why everyone moves to the burbs. <laughs> <laughs> the schools. It's like literally every, like, once you start having kids, you got to move to the burbs. It's what everybody <laughs> always says around here anyway. <laughs> so with him being nonverbal, how does he communicate with you? Like, does he have his own special way of communicating with you? Do you have one of those? I don't know what they're called, but I know my girlfriend uses it with her son, like a special device that he can like type into. Um, so you can get devices and stuff, but he doesn't really care for them so usually it's eye contact or usually he'll just come up and he'll just take you by the hand and he'll kind of walk you to what he wants um a new thing that he's he's just started doing is he will walk you over to the the table where his juice cup is he'll he'll stand you there he'll reach over for his juice cup and give you his juice cup (laughs) and then he'll walk you to the sink to fill it up which is that is adorable (laughs) like it sounds like a pain but it also sounds super cute yeah and there's no miscommunication there you know exactly what he wants okay cup water got it (laughs) i love it so it's it's his way of doing things yeah it's it's not really a pain it's it's kind of like it's actually quite good because like before like how did we know he wanted juice like we just kind of guess or we've got them in such a routine that we make juice at a certain time. But obviously for that time, it didn't really suit them because he wanted more. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's eye contact is the big thing. And with me and Rachel, he, he makes the eye contact a lot. For Cooper, Cooper gets pushed away a lot because Cooper, like, because they're so similar in age, there's only like 18 months between them. So because they're so similar in age, like Cooper's like, oh, oh, I'm your brother, I'm your brother, and like I want a hug and I want this. And Carl uh-huh. wants none of it. Carl's like both. But now and again, now and again, Carter will reciprocate and, and give him a hug. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it, it kind of has to be forced, but <laughs> he, he will he will give him Aww. sometimes. 
poor little Cooper. He's like, I just want you to love me. <laughs> there's poor, poor no, there's no poor little Cooper anywhere. That, that <laughs> pain in the butt. He is. It's weird because we've we've obviously had two autistic kids. Actually, Cooper is the most difficult to to kind of manage because we're not used to having a kid that's not autistic. So that has been its own challenges. Oh, super sassy little thing because you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> you're like, oh, whoa, yes. you're communicating a lot and very much at a different level. <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't stop talking from the moment he wakes up to the morning when he goes to sleep. That sounds like me when I was young. <laughs> Yep, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's why I have a that's why we're at a podcast is because I talk <laughs> much. <laughs> so how did you and your wife find like strength during this time of uh need for your family and with everything that's going on? Yeah, I think my wife always says, like, you just kind of deal with it, you just get on with it. You know, you worry about other stuff later on, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't sweat sweat the small stuff. Deal with what you've got in front of you. And so, yeah, we, I think between me and her, we kind of made a plan and we would like, she was going to stay at the hospital that night. I was going to go back home and stay with the two boys. The kind of emergency part of the whole thing was, was kind of done. And you just kind of get on with it. I mean, emotionally, I, <laughs> as a man, you know, we, we bottle it up. So I probably haven't dealt with it emotionally yet myself. Um, but I know that's probably going to hit me at some point. But for her, like it's, it has been difficult because she's a stay-at-home mom and she lives with the boys. And certainly through COVID, when there was lockdowns and everything else, she was at home alone with them, like for six months. So, like you get you get close to your kids anyway because mm-hmm. you know you see them every day. But when you see them like for 24 hours a day for six months um, you see a lot of them so she's managed to I think moving it actually is like you said before it's been a bit of a blessing in disguise because it gave us distraction away from it so that I think that's probably helped and then you know everything that kind of goes along with moving kind of unpacking and all that kind of stuff as well mm-hmm and the craziness of having the three boys and just because one issue is going on doesn't mean there isn't a lot of uh corralling and you know trying to get everything set up and ready yeah that's a lot of distractions with three boys oh i bet i get enough yeah, distractions definitely. with one let alone i can't imagine three <laughs> mm-hmm. that's definitely definitely busy in this household so is there anything else you want to share with us or our listeners no, I think it was, it was really kind of when all this kind of happened and I was in a, a clubhouse room and someone said, oh man, you should really kind of, and obviously went into as much detail as I went into just now, but they, they kind of said, oh, you should really kind of go tell that story somewhere. And that's when I, I, I kind of thought of you guys, because I the, the way they had phrased it, it's like, you know, that's like some really kind of serious shit that you've been through. You should yeah. really go and like, you should go tell that story and obviously with the name of your podcast uh, <laughs> kind of like, yeah I, I know some people so and we're some pretty great people and and we already had a cancellation so it, it was perfect timing yeah and we're honored that you of course thought of us and remembered us so of course we appreciate that too our honored first returning guest 
<laughs> we'll have to title that the <laughs> the episode the title. Yeah, mm-hmm. the returning James Scott. <laughs> Return of the Scott. <laughs> I like that even better. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Return of the Scott. It's perfect. <laughs> I love Star Wars. <laughs> So I guess uh, this will end this episode and this is how to deal when uh, shit gets real. So don't forget to reach out to us if you want to come onto the podcast. First of all, don't forget to listen to us every Friday and rate and review, of course, and uh, follow us on all of the social medias and we'll see you all next episode.